All right, my friends, we are back with another episode. I am excited about today's topic. So I actually wrote up the notes for this topic a long time ago, and I thought it was so in the weeds that it might be boring, and it might still be, but I did a training on it in my Facebook community a while back, and everybody really enjoyed it. I got a lot of positive feedback. So I'm going to share some of that information here, go in to a little bit of a deeper dive, and we're going to talk about all things protein because protein is something that us coaches talk about so much. We talk about how important it is to get enough protein in, and we're going to dive into why and what protein actually does for your body and why it's so important to get enough protein in. And we're going to dive right in. If you enjoy this episode, make sure that you leave a rating and a review. I love getting feedback from you guys. Make sure you check out the free Facebook community. It's always linked in the show notes. And if you really like the episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, tag me at Ambitious Coaching. I would love to get more listeners on this podcast and get this information into the hands of more people. So we're going to dive right in. First, we got to give credit where credit is due. So in 1838, I'm totally going to butcher this name, Gerardus Johannes Mulder came up with the name protein. And it's actually derived from the Greek word proteus, which in Greek means first, which seems really ironic to me because us coaches preach how important protein is and how it should be a priority in your diet. And it's one of the first things that we address with clients. So it just seemed ironic. And I wanted to share that fun fact with you. But let's actually talk about protein and muscle. Muscle is the largest storage of protein in your body. And we really can't underestimate how important muscle tissue is. Muscle tissue is really important for maintaining your overall health and your body's function. So it helps with healthy digestion. It helps maintain things like your balance and your posture. Like those things, it's not really something that we think about, but your balance and your posture have a lot to do with your muscle mass and the health of your muscle mass and how much you have. So they provide strength and stability, which are also important for day-to-day tasks. And then it supports cardiovascular health as well. Of course, your heart is a muscle. It does a lot more for you than just help you look toned. But I mean, that's a pretty cool benefit too, and there's nothing wrong with that. But Lots of benefits to having adequate muscle mass, and it's so important. And that's really what many people are emphasizing when they're telling you like getting enough protein is so important. They're emphasizing the importance of muscle. It's important because muscle helps maintain healthy body weight, and it reduces your risk of overall injury, especially as you age. And it can help reduce the risk of certain diseases. So things like type 2 diabetes, And it just improves your overall quality of life. I don't think there's any six-year-old grandma out there complaining because she has too much muscle. Don't see that being an issue. And things like sarcopenia is a major health concern. 
as we age. It is, if you don't know, sarcopenia is age-related loss of muscle mass and strength, and it happens as you get older. So let's talk about kind of the cons of having inadequate muscle mass. Okay, you got decreased mobility. This one's huge. Just simple things like getting up and down off the toilet starts to become challenging with age. Increased risk of falls and fractures, which is huge. And impaired ability to perform everyday activities. So keeping up with the grandkids, getting up and down off the floor, getting into that cabinet that's uh, high in your kitchen. Really, everyday tasks that we really take for granted maybe now start to become much more difficult. And it's going to be much more difficult if you don't have adequate muscle mass. It's a very common problem in older adults. But there's a combination of factors that cause it. So one of the main things is reduced physical activity, hormonal changes, and decreased protein synthesis as you age. And we lose about 0.5 to 1% of muscle mass every year after 30. And I know that doesn't sound a lot, but there are other things that factor into that rate of muscle mass loss, especially if you are a chronic dieter, you're somebody that doesn't eat adequate protein, adequate food, you might be losing at a higher rate than that. And then females as well are at a higher risk for those effects from hormonal changes. And we're at a higher risk for things like osteopenia, osteoporosis, and things like that. So the importance of muscle cannot be underestimated. So protein plays a major role in sarcopenia because it's necessary for muscle protein synthesis. So if you don't know what that is, that is the process by which your body builds new muscle tissue. Of course, protein is required for that. And like I mentioned, as people age, their bodies become a lot less efficient at synthesizing protein. So that means we start to see a decrease in muscle mass and strength. And this is one of the main causes of sarcopenia, right? So consuming enough protein in your diet and engaging in regular physical activity are the two main things that you can do to prevent this, even increasing your protein intake as you age would be beneficial. So make sure that you are consuming adequate protein and your resistance training so you can continue that muscle protein synthesis as you age. And again, it's still going to slow down, but that just means you (laughs) need to continue resistance training and you may need more protein than you did before. So many of you know protein is one of the three main macronutrients. You got protein, you got carbs, and you got fats. Now per gram of protein, so one gram of protein contains four calories. So if you're eating like 10 grams of protein, you're consuming 40 calories in protein. Now protein is considered an essential nutrient because it's necessary for the growth, repair, and functioning of your body's tissues. It's a macronutrient, which basically means that your body needs a relatively large amount of it to function properly. Okay, so three main macros. Protein is about four calories per gram. So it's a fairly, it's a lower calorie macronutrient in comparison to like uh, fats. So fats, if you don't know, are nine calories per gram. Carbs are the same as protein. So protein is actually made up of long chains of amino acids. And if you don't know, 
Amino acids are the building blocks of your entire body. There are 20 different amino acids that the body uses to synthesize proteins, right? So process and utilize protein. And nine of them, bear with me, are essential because they can't be synthesized or created by the body. They have to be obtained through your diet. Now, I'm not going to list them all out because they are a mouthful, and I guarantee you I will butcher many of them. You've probably heard a couple. I'll pick a couple that I won't butcher, but tryptophan, uh, lysine, those are a couple of the nine essential amino acids, and you'll notice people talking about like collagen supplements. It doesn't have, I believe, tryptophan, and it has a low dose of other essential amino acids, so that's why a lot of people... Uh, harp on collagen. But those are the building blocks of protein. And so that essentially means that protein is a building block for your body. It's essential. So what does protein actually do within your body? So it builds and repairs tissues. It's essential for that process. So things like muscle, bones, skin, blood vessels, all of those things need protein in order to build and repair them. And then you've got enzyme production. So many enzymes, enzymes are proteins that catalyze chemical reactions in the body, and they're made of protein. These enzymes are necessary for a very wide range of functions. So you've got digestion, metabolism, immune system function. I cannot overemphasize in this episode enough how important protein is. And then you have hormone production. So some hormones, like insulin, are made of protein. These hormones play a crucial role in regulating various bodily functions, again, like metabolism and overall growth and repairing. Now, transport. So some proteins, like hemoglobin, transport oxygen, nutrients, and other substances throughout your body. It also helps with fluid balance. So protein helps to maintain fluid balance throughout your body by regulating the movement of water between different tissues in your body. Bear with me. I promise we're going to get through the weeds of the science stuff. But it also helps with, and this is something I learned not too long ago and I thought was very interesting, protein helps with immune function. So it's essential for the production of antibodies which are proteins produced by your immune system to fight off infections and other diseases. So if you want to prevent getting sick and you want to better support your immune system, get in lots of protein. So now let's talk about how much. Now that we've kind of discussed the bulk of the boring science, hopefully you're still bearing with me. Let's actually talk about how much can you have too much Outside of like athletes and bodybuilders, like the general population should have about 0.7 to 1 gram of protein per pound of goal body weight. Now, I added in goal body weight if you are at a healthy weight, base it off of that. If you have a weight loss goal, base it off of your goal weight. Now, in terms of like kidney health concerns, this is not true. They've done uh, studies. I actually pulled up a 28-study meta-analysis, which is basically like a giant group of studies. 
And they compared high protein intake, so more than 100 grams per day, to a low protein intake. And the impact on kidney function was non-existent. It was statistically irrelevant. So there are many studies showing us that we do not need to be concerned for our kidney health when it comes to protein intake unless you have some underlying medical issues going on. Always talk about that stuff with your doctor. Now, I want to share Alan Aragon's protein hierarchy of importance. (laughs) I pulled this from, I believe it's his book, and I cannot remember what it is called offhand, but you can find Alan Aragon on Instagram and you can search on Amazon if you want to find the book. I believe it's called like flexible dieting. So the first thing is total daily protein amount. That matters most. That is the most important thing on this hierarchy when it comes to protein. The amount that you're getting in on a daily basis matters more than anything else. Okay, and the next thing is going to be distribution of protein intake throughout the day. This anabolic window and not consuming too much protein in one sitting, those are not things that I would necessarily stress about. The amount of protein that your body utilizes from a meal for muscle protein synthesis is limited. That doesn't mean your body isn't using it for other things. We talked about all sorts of things that your body uses protein for. It's not just muscle protein synthesis. So you can have more than 30 grams of protein at a meal. But the next thing is distributing your protein intake throughout the day because that amino acid pool in your body does need like constant uh, refreshment. So if you can spread it out fairly evenly throughout your day, would that be slightly more optimal? Yes. Is it completely necessary? No, it is not. And then the last thing on the hierarchy of importance, like he made it clear this is pretty insignificant, but that would be the window of time after a training session, you actually get in some protein. It really has the least impact because if you're hitting your total daily protein goal, it really doesn't matter. So having a protein shake right after your workout doesn't have some benefit, maybe like minor, but if you're getting inadequate protein throughout the day and that helps you hit your protein goal, you are good to go and I would not stress about that. Now, I do want to talk about animal versus plant protein just briefly because this is something that we talk about with clients regularly because we do have some clients that are plant-based, maybe vegetarian, vegan, and we have clients that eat all the foods. The type of protein that you choose to consume is totally up to you. In terms of protein, on like a gram for gram basis, animal proteins have a greater anabolic response, which basically means muscle growth is going to be better because of the higher essential amino acid profile. Plus, when you throw in things like taurine, carnosine, creatine, cholesterol, collagen, all things you can't find in plant foods, you've got that on top of it. Plant-based diets tend to lack sufficient nutrients and will require supplementation. I'm not going to like dive into that deeper, but that is a gram for gram basis. Keep in mind, when you actually get in equivalent amounts of amino acids from a plant-based versus a meat-based diet, you're good to go. There is no difference. You're fine. I would not stress about it. My suggestion is to aim for a slightly higher protein goal. If you're choosing plant-based protein sources, 
because they're typically not complete protein sources. And so you'll need more of it to get in adequate amino acids. If you try to supplement protein, find a plant-based blend. So this will be a blend of protein so that you can actually get a better amino acid profile and much more likely to get a complete protein. So remember, a complete protein has nine essential amino acids. I always laugh when I see like a whey protein and it's like a complete protein, all nine essential amino acids. Like, of course it is. It is a complete protein, (laughs) but people use it for marketing. You know, it's kind of like saying, oh, these strawberries are gluten-free. It's very entertaining to me. But when it comes to plant-based protein powders, you do want to look for that complete protein label. And then you may also consider supplementing some essential amino acids. This is not something I recommend for like general population. It's not really something that I would stress about if you're getting inadequate protein. But if you are struggling to get in enough protein with a plant-based diet, this may help fill in some of those amino acid gaps. So when it comes to actually setting protein goals, most people recommend basing it off of your body weight. Others claim you should base it off of your ideal body weight. Body weight doesn't matter as much as body composition does. I suggest you base your protein intake off your goal body weight or your target body weight like I talked about. I like to keep it really simple and aim for one gram per pound of fat-free mass or 0.6 to 1.1 grams per pound of body weight. If you're pretty lean, the higher on that spectrum I would go. And if you really want to maximize like muscle building, the higher on that spectrum, I would go. If you carry more excess body fat, I would aim for closer to 0.6 grams. You have to keep in mind, protein is very satiating. So it's going to keep you fuller longer. And that can help with things like minimizing cravings. So it's totally okay to aim higher, especially if you're in a deficit or you're trying to maintain your body weight, it's okay to have a slightly higher protein goal because it will keep you fuller longer. If you're in a surplus, you're trying to gain muscle mass, it might make it a little bit more challenging to get in enough calories overall, especially if you're primarily getting your protein sources from like whole food or minimal ingredient sources like chicken breast and turkey and steak and whatever. That's going to be very filling, especially on a plant-based diet. So you may incorporate some supplementation, and then you might consider going a little bit lower on that spectrum if you're really struggling to get in enough overall calories. So that is my deep dive on protein. I hope you appreciated diving into the background and the importance of protein. It plays such an important role in so many functions in your body. The importance of muscle mass should not be underestimated. That's why I talk about protein intake and resistance training being a non-negotiable, especially as you age, because after 30, if you are not building or actively intentionally training to maintain your muscle mass and build strength, you are going to be losing it. And that puts us at risk for a lot of other things, all right? A lot of the things that I had mentioned Uh, Muscle loss with age is not something that we want, and we really want to minimize that as much as possible and even build muscle if we can. So if you are not 30 yet, maximize that muscle building as much as you can so that maintaining it 
and continuing to build if that's what you choose to do will be easier at that point. So start sooner. It's never too late to start with that, but get in enough protein, start resistance training, even two days a week for half an hour can create a positive and a large impact on your overall body composition and your bodily function and health. Again, if you found this episode helpful, please leave a rating and a review and share it on social media. Tag me at Ambitious Coaching and I will chat at you next week.